Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Now for our story. Jesse Calvert, wearing a smart fur coat and a hat to match, walked slowly through the square across from the courthouse in Wakefield. It was early afternoon of a bright, cold day. Jesse paused by the deserted grandstand and glanced at her watch. She looked rather preoccupied and nervous. There were faint purpley shadows under her eyes as if she hadn't slept very well the night before, which was the case. All night, Jessie had tossed restlessly. When she did sleep, her dreams were clearly symbolic of her conscious thoughts. She seemed to be in the hallway of the house on 11th Street. There was someone outside pushing against the door, and Jessie was trying desperately to push them back to close the door and lock it. Then, just as her strength gave out and she knew she was going to fail, Jessie woke up. She understood what the dream meant. It was Kit, her stepdaughter, who was outside the door, trying to get in, trying to get back into the house and to regain Ben's sympathy. Thinking of the dream, Jessie frowned. Then she heard a quick step in back of her and turned. Good afternoon, Mrs. Calvert. You're late, Brett. Well, if you insist on dragging me all the way over here. Come on, Jessie, let's sit down on the bench. All right. You know, this is perfectly absurd. No reason why it couldn't have come to my place, Jessie. In broad daylight? Suppose someone recognized Ben's car. Well, he'd done it before and didn't seem to worry. Well, that was foolish. I can't afford to kick any chances, Brett. Not at this point. Well, suppose someone spots us here. Well, they'll simply think we ran into each other and had a little chat. All right, then. I just wondered if it was only discretion that made you decide to stay away from my place. What else would it be? Well, might be fear. Love yourself, I mean. Because you're so irresistible? Uh-huh. It makes you happy to think so. Go ahead. <laughs> but believe me, I have more important things on my mind. Is there anything more important than love, Jesse? No, uh, don't answer that. I know what matters most to you. Money. I've never denied it, have I? Oh, but please, Brett, let's not fence around. I, I'm dreadfully upset. Yeah? Now what's the matter? Oh, Brett, I wish we'd never called Judge Willoughby to tell him Kip was back. I wish we never started this perjury business. But fire, Jesse, it was a very wise move. Want to get rid of Kit, don't you? Oh, yes, of course I do, but it, it's not going to work that way. It's backfired already. How so? Ben's all steamed up about it. He says... Hold on a second. You mean he found out? He ran into Bill Mead, of all people. And Bill told him that Kit was at Huntsville, in the sanitarium. Hmm. Oh, too bad. Would have been much better if he hadn't found out so soon. Well, he has. And he's all up in the air. He says he won't allow them to drag Kit through a trial. How does he propose to stop it? Mm-hmm. He says he'll take her away. Hide her at some hospital out of the state. Well, that won't be so easy. I'm not going to let Ben spirit her away right out from under the nose. Well, I don't know. When Ben makes up his mind about something, he doesn't let anything interfere. If he says he'll do it... Look, Jesse, calm down a minute. No sense in getting hysterical. Well, I'm not being. I'm upset, that's all. Who wouldn't be? Jesse, the trouble with you is you, you get all tied up in knots. You don't think clearly. Well, so far, all your clear thinking has done is land us in a jam. The whole thing's going to boomerang, and I'm the one who had to suffer for oh, it. Oh, stop being feminine. Listen to me. Well? There's something you should have pointed out to Ben. Might have changed his whole attitude. What's that? He's told me about Ben's inordinate pride and how he smarted under the disgrace of that custody suit. Everyone thought he'd been in on it with Kit and burned him up. Well, certainly, because he was entirely innocent. He really believed that child was his grandson. You can hardly blame him for hating people to think he'd do such a thing. Stealing a child from his own mother. 
That's what it amounted to. I know. Well, then don't you see what Kit's being tried for perjury could mean to him? No, I don't. Except having the fine old name of Calvert dragged through some more mud, more gossip and so on. No, no, you're missing the point. If they go into the case, they're bound to uncover the truth. That Ben was as innocent as you or I, so far as taking that woman's child. But when he testified, he was telling absolute facts, so far as they knew them. Why, yes, that's so. I never thought of it that way. In other words, if they pin this perjury rap on Kit, it'll clear Ben completely. He'll be exonerated in the eyes of the whole town. That ought to mean something to him. Yes. Yes, I believe it would. If I could make him see that. You must make him, Jesse. Once he recognizes that, he'll calm down and let matters take the course. Oh, he only would. But I feel so uncertain of him again. Now, here's the thing, Jesse, as far as I can gather. All through that case, practically everybody was pulling for Bill Mead. And they felt sorry for his little girlfriend, too, this niece of Aunt Mary Lane. But so far as the general public was concerned, Mr. Ben Calvert was definitely unpopular. Oh, you're right about that. He never has been popular in this town, for obvious reasons. Yes, yes, I know. But here's a chance for him to pull a little public feeling his way. He's an innocent victim. His daughter's deceived him. Now, Ben's crazy if he tries to head off the district attorney. As so far as trying to get Kit out of the sanitarium, I doubt if he stands a chance. But Ben Calvert was determined to try, as Jesse had said. And at that very moment, he was being ushered into the office of the psychiatrist, Dr. Martin Larrabee. The doctor motions Ben to a chair, leans back, and looks at him expectantly. This is quite a nice setup you have here, Doctor. Not the sort of thing one expects in a town the size of Punchville. Thank you, Mr. Calvert. We're quite proud of our hospital. Try to keep things up to date. I must say I'm reassured. When I learned that my daughter was here, I wasn't any too pleased. You don't say. After all, you can understand my feelings, I suppose. Well, frankly, Mr. Calvert, I'm not sure I do. According to what Mr. Bowman told me... Now, Mr. Bowman. He's been very cooperative, Mr. Calvert. Since it was he who took the responsibility of bringing your daughter here... He had no business butting in to begin with. As I understand it, you refused to do anything yourself. However, Mr. Calvert, I'm not prepared to discuss the case from that aspect. I should say that that was a question for you and Mr. Bowman to decide between you. I do know, however, that Mr. Bowman is the person with whom I'm dealing. But look here, Larrabee. I'm the girl's father. Yes, I understand you are. And surely what I say goes, so far as her welfare is concerned. Yes, of course. As soon as Mr. Calvert uh, recovers and is released, you can work all that out. I'm talking about now. As I said, Mr. Calvert, concerning Miss Calvert's situation at present... I regard Mr. Bowman as solely responsible. But you can't do that. Mr. Calvert, when Mr. Bowman brought your daughter to me, I was completely in the dark regarding all the ramifications of this case. Now I'm beginning to understand what complications there are. You see, I had a call from the district attorney. He called you? Already? Yes. He told me he proposes to indict your daughter for perjury. That's just why I'm here. I... We can't let him do it, Larry. I intend to do everything in my power to postpone it, Mr. Calvert. You can depend on that. It's my job to cure that girl if I can. Excitement, tension of being questioned would be the worst thing for her. Might even result in permanent damage. I realize that. What's more, I don't intend to have my daughter treated like a criminal. As to that, I can't say. If Miss Calvert is guilty... But the important thing now is to bring about her recovery. Look here. I want to see Kit. I want to talk to her. I'll explain what's happened. She can pack up some things, and uh, I'll drive her somewhere over the state line. 
Mr. Calvin, you surely don't think I'd permit such a thing. Why not? You said yourself it would be very dangerous for her to be exposed to a trial. Yes, of course. But it would be equally dangerous for you to be permitted to see her, to upset her. What? You see, Mr. Calvert, in your daughter's present condition, she's very much afraid of you. She's afraid? But why? What? Afraid that you might harm her. Certainly you're not serious. She's not herself, you see. And until I have an opportunity to go more deeply into the causes of her illness, I'm unable to be sure how much is exaggeration and how much of what she tells me has a rational basis. Yeah, she... But surely, Dr. Larrabee, you don't think I'd... I'd deliberately hurt my own daughter, do you? I don't know, Mr. Calvert. But I don't intend to take any chances. For once, Ben Calvert was silenced. He looked at the calm, self-assured psychiatrist, opened his mouth to speak, then changed his mind and said goodbye hurriedly and left. As he drove back to Wakefield, Ben's mind was in a turmoil of conflicting thoughts. He was angry with Kit, and yet he felt sorry for her. And deep down in his heart, Ben had a feeling of guilt, too. The doctor had said Kit feared him. Now, in a moment of secret honesty, Ben asked himself if he deserved that fear.